You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purposed life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. Hey, everybody, it's Katie. I am, I want to share this story with you about my baby today and we're going to talk a little bit about the story of Jonah and comparison. So last week I bought Hasten this um, little Lego car thing. It was a Spider-Man thing and it was like a four to six year old Legos. It's a lot easier than the last thing that we bought for him to put together. The last thing we bought took us about four hours and by us, I mean me trying to put it together. It was a transformer. But this was a Spider-Man car. And it didn't have as many pieces. And so he was sure he knew how to put it together. So he dumped it out of the box. And he just started snapping things in place. And it had this little Lego Spider-Man, like, actual action figure thing that was supposed to snap into the thing. And he found this place between two Legos where it looked like it was supposed to go there. And you could see his little mind just working because he was certain that that's where it was supposed to go. And um, there were no little Lego feet for it to snap in. And so he gets mad and he looks at me and he said, Mama, it goes right here. Why won't it go right here? And I said, well, baby, have you read the instructions? And he said, no. And I said, well, get the instructions out and start over and see if you can get it right. And so that led to watch me, Mama. Mama, are you watching? Look, Mama, I'm reading the instructions. Are you watching? Are you watching, Mama? And so he put each step together piece by piece. And he got the Lego man where it was supposed to go. And then he was so proud of himself that he started putting it together without the instructions. He was confident that he could do it. He had done it so many times, and he started putting it together. Well, then he wanted me to video him. And after he watched it, he said, now I want to race him. And so he started racing himself. And I, as I watched him, I could feel that God was giving me something in how he was putting that together. And so I asked God what it was that he was trying to um, reveal. Like I could feel him speaking in that moment. And he laid the story of Jonah on my heart today. And I was like, Jonah, um, what's this got to do with, with Jonah? And... So I opened my Bible and I started kind of, I opened an older Bible that I had that I had actually really picked apart the book of Jonah in. And then I saw what it was that he was trying to um, speak to me. I don't know if you were familiar with the whole story of Jonah. Most all of us know that he got ate by a whale, but... He got swallowed up because God asked him to go to this city and tell, basically confront this terrible, terrible people about how they were living. 
And Jonah was like, nope, I don't think so. Um, I'm not going to go do that. And he bought him a ticket to go in the opposite direction of that. And he got on this ship and basically it all come out. They casted some lots and he ended up getting thrown overboard and got swallowed up by the whale. That's how that happened. And he spent three days in... um, the whale's belly and while he was in that dark time he found repentance and he basically said to God while he was in here you know what I'm sorry you are Lord I should have done what you told me to I deserve this and I happily receive my punishment from you i'm sorry and the whale spat him out and god told him again go to this people and tell confront them about them being evil and so jonah does you know he he passes go he collects the money and he tells these people look this is what's going to happen to y'all and Instead of it ended like Jonah had probably made up in his mind, the people accepted that word from God and repented, turned from their ways, changed their lives, turned their lives around. And it says that God relented. He changed his mind. And this made Jonah so mad. And I think... That was the message that God wanted me to receive. It wasn't um, Jonah not necessarily following the instructions, but also what happened after. Jonah was so upset because their repentance did not come like his. After Haston got all of his Legos put together, he asked me, to video him and I did and he wanted to I told y'all he wanted to raise himself and after he would finish every time his confidence would grow that much more and he'd say I beat him this time I beat him this time as if it were another person that he were right he was racing and it made me realize how much we compare our seasons to others we're constantly racing one another um, to be the most successful or the most liked to have the best family pictures or the coolest houses for all your kids to run to and play at and it never really stops in high school it might have been the popularity or a certain position or a certain title And the older that you get, the more this goes on. You just, you don't outgrow the compete. Haston would have raced himself for hours if I would have sat there because each time he won, he was more and more proud of himself. And I think that's great for our kids to build confidence in themselves. What I don't think is great is for us to build confidence in ourselves at the expense of others 
the problem is we want to win too and when we do it creates more pride in ourselves and that's something that we don't need you know Jonah was mad at God for his mercy on that people but he freely accepted it for himself when it was granted to him when he got his second chance to go and to confront that people when the fish spit him out he welcomed that and it's because we like to belong and we like to fit and we like to win, but we also like to decide who doesn't belong and who doesn't fit and who we don't want to win. What made those people so much different from him? Why did he have to go through those long, terrible three days in the belly of a fish and then this entire people group says I'm sorry and God says good job and moves on they were awful and many in number and Jonah was just that one person and had only ignored God that one time that one thing that God had asked him to do when who knows how long this people was living in sin, I don't understand. That don't make sense. This doesn't fit there. Haston kept trying to put that man in between two blocks and could not wrap his mind around why it didn't go there and it was why it was so important for him to go back and start over and read the instructions, what we don't realize is the difference in our plans from one person to another. Jonah's disobedience in that one thing could have caused an entire people to be damned. It was easy when he submitted to what God had asked him to do. He went and confronted the people and they repented and that entire people group was saved had Jonah not been obedient in that one thing and that small thing then an entire people group would have been damned who knows the outcome of what your repentance is is leading you to I'm convinced that that's sometimes why God lets us get away with just conviction of the Spirit for some things and other things He demands we make right. You know, one little girl steals a piece of candy from Walmart in the checkout aisle. And what is the consequence of that really in a grand scheme of things? How much... How significant is that one piece of candy going to be from a setting like that? But if you have somebody that takes a person's entire life savings, well, that's going to make a difference. And not to say that some sin is bigger than the others, but sometimes God is okay with telling us that was wrong. You need to be sorry for that. And sometimes God demands that we go and we get this right. Jonah was sorry and God demanded, okay, now show me. 
Show me that you're sorry. Put this into action. Go and do something. Whereas this people was just like, I'm sorry. And they grieved and their hearts were changed and God changed his mind in that. God knows infinitely more than we do, than we could possibly see. There's no way we could see his every intention behind every minute thing that he does and maneuvers. Like, he is so attentive to detail. Job says that he gave the wind its weight. Like, he weighed the air and thought this would be a good weight for the air. Like, such attention to detail. There's no way that we can see what he's purposing in even the small things. What we can do, though, is to wait for him to reveal himself through his word. It's his primary way of communicating his expectations of us and his needs from us. We've got to read the instructions and quit being so consumed with the end result or how quick it is that we can get there or racing ourselves to the finish lines and instead just place piece by piece in front of each other, step by step in front of each other and know that it feels bigger than us because it is. Like we want to have it all figured out and we don't want to take the time to read and just trust God, trust the instructions, trust what we've been given and the path that we're on and the purpose that we've been called to. We don't want to trust those things. We want to jump in feet first and get it done and get it put together and get to the end of it. My husband will pull something out of the box and he will put it together and when he's done, it will have 14 extra pieces sitting out beside whatever it was that he was putting together and I'll just look at him and he'll say, oh, those were just extra parts. You can't do that with life. There are so many things that God calls us to that he wants us to live in and endure and grow from that if we skip if we skip the pieces, we can't just have leftover parts at the end of our lives. It's all for a purpose, and the end game is supposed to be heaven. But you don't get to see the end game until it's over. So if you have tried to skip around all of these things and it's at the end, what if it's not heaven because you skipped some pieces? We want to belong, but we also want to decide who doesn't belong, and that's not what Christ called us to do. We are supposed to read the instructions and wait just for the sake of numbers, I looked it up, and the average puzzle has 1,026 pieces. Just your average puzzle. So if a puzzle, on average, has that many steps, <coughs> can you imagine 
the steps that it could take to complete your life and your purpose. <clears throat> and could you imagine a world where you could get all of that right by yourself without any help or any instruction from the one who created you? I mean, think about that. Really. 1,026 pieces. When you were born into this world, you do not come with a postcard that says, Hey kid, at the end of this life, this is what this is going to look like. Here are your steps to get here. When you're born, you don't get that. So, if one puzzle has that many pieces, just think about what it would mean for you to put all of those pieces together with no instructions and no picture. How much more would that be for us to try to figure this life out? To step by step piece this together having absolutely no idea how it's supposed to end up and relying 100% on ourselves or even 50% of ourselves say you give God 50% for him to figure out and you try to get the other half How long would that take? What would that look like? I just want to let this encourage you that sometimes things look different for different people. It doesn't mean that they deserve it. It doesn't mean that they don't. What it means was that is one of their pieces that you didn't pull. It's not a part of your plan. God promises us one thing, and it is that in the end, things are going to be okay. Now, for some people, it looks like things are okay now and it's still gonna be okay later. And for other people, it looks like it's gonna be okay now because they have stacked their lives full of temporary things and momentary satisfaction and gratification and one day, it's not gonna be okay. And maybe it's never okay here. You're in a constant state of suffering. Think about the life of Paul. And you get to sit in God's glory and his peace and his fullness even when things aren't okay until one day they are. But the point is it was not the instructions that God was trying to show me, and it wasn't the race. 
it was both. He wants us to wait on Him. He wants us to trust in Him and to abide in Him. And He wants us to leave everything up to Him because He is Lord and knows infinitely more than you or I. And we try so many times to put things where they don't belong and we get upset when they don't fit our plan. But I don't believe in coincidences. My last two years with the Lord have shown me that there is nothing to chance. So, trust God. Quit trying to put things in where they don't go. Quit trying to jump to the end and embrace the now. There's so much that God has for you right now. And if you're so worried about tomorrow, you're going to miss today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just being who you are, God. Thank you for knowing what is tomorrow for us, God, and thank you for providing a word that lives with us and breathes with us, God, in every season and in every moment, God. I pray that you would encourage us and give us the strength, God, to wait on you, to pursue you instead of our plans, God, and that we could run to your word and let you create in us a purpose that we would pursue that purpose god instead of our own plans you know infinitely more about us than even we know about ourselves god and i thank you so much for your attention to detail and your mercy god when we do not pay attention to detail. Let us lay down the need to constantly try to decide for ourselves and for others what we and they deserve. I pray, God, that you would let us leave the judging to you and you would instill in us a spirit that loves and accepts and obeys in in the way that you have called us to be god thank you so much for just your sovereignty lord thank you so much for you if you were encouraged by today's message hit subscribe and meet us here again or head on over to katie's website messandmercy.com to find more encouragement like free devotionals bible studies and the blog thank you for tuning in to the mess and mercy podcast We hope to see you again.